Welcome to episode 77 of the Muck Podcast, where we discuss the dark and sometimes weird true stories in American politics. I'm Tina Jaramillo. And I'm Hillary Doherty. Hillary. Hi. I'm, I'm going to apologize right up in the front for my voice, but we can't take another week off. We, we can't. We released that classic episode last I week. Know. For good reason. I know. And I still I feel bad about it. Though. Don't feel bad about it. Tina was under the weather and we had to... We had to put out the new episode, which we've talked about. If anything yes. ever happens, we can put out one of our favorites. Yes. And that was, listen, I re- and guess what? I listened to it. I was like, damn, this is one of the best episodes we yes. ever had. I, it's, it's so, so funny. It's so funny to listen to our little bit of, there's a little bit of awkwardness, but of course it's our first episode. Yeah. But to hear us like, like, I don't know. It was just so fucking weird. But it was the, the meat of the stories was exactly what we still do, yes. which was incredible. I was thinking about that, too, because I had to go back through and, and do, like, graphics and pull quotes. Yes. And I was looking at my writing, and I was like, yeah. oh, okay, like, this is what I've kept, and this is what I've yeah. changed, and this is where it's morphed. So, And it's little subtle things, yeah. but it's cool to see the evolution of it. Yes. So I really enjoyed that. Yeah. I was and I at, hope our audience enjoyed the yeah. evolution because they can probably see those differences yeah. too. Well, when, so when I was getting my hair done this week, I was talking to my hairdresser about um, t- uh, another thing that I'll talk about in a second. And there's another lady there who we, we the three of us have been talking uh, as we're getting our hair done. And she was like, oh, you have a podcast? And I said, yeah. She's like, what is it? And I said, it's called The Muck Podcast. And this is what we talk about. She's like on her phone. She's like, subscribe. I was like, yes, honey. Yes. Her name's Misty. If she if she listens this week. Hi, Misty. Hi. And uh, she's like, oh, classic episode. And I was like, you know, this is the kind of thing I mean. Like, I was like, listen, you. I was going to tell her to like jump around. But yeah, listen yeah. to that episode first. Why not? And I told her about the RBG episode. And I told her about the Elvis episode. And of course, Buddy Cianti episode. Like, these uh. are the ones where I feel like are the ones people should hit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was talking to that candidate. Uh, at Pride yesterday, mm-hmm. and um, he was like, I'm, I'm definitely going to check it out. So <laughs> it's exciting to have someone say, hey, that sounds cool, and want to yes. listen. Yes, 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 So, um, Okay, so let me hit my list, okay. because I only had a couple things that we were yes. going to talk about last week, but the one of me them was <laughs> the, the Hell is Full of Dad special episode that came oh, out, which yes. was amazing, because I don't think we, when we were recording our last episode, 76, Barefoot Lobo, we were trying to get, we wanted them to sit in on that episode. Yes, yes. And um, it wasn't, they weren't there when we started recording. And then in that episode, which I had cut out, which I wish at this point I had kept in, were texts that you were getting from Barefoot Lobo, like, they might be here at 1230. Oh. I think they can get here at 1230. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, okay, sounds good. And like, uh. we, so I'm shit dogging, like, like giving him shit throughout the whole fucking episode, like, too bad Barefoot Lobo's not here. Meanwhile... He shows he up shows with Cody. Up. We record a whole How like hour. How surreal was that? I like you're sitting still around my table. It happened. It, no, yeah. And then I love that my my husband is like in the background. <laughs> yes, he's bringing us beers the whole time, and he finally makes an appearance oh on the God. podcast. Although I've tried, I've been wanting to get him on forever. And I would love so, to have him. Uh, on. He just won't him. do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's hilarious. He, yeah, he would be so funny. Yeah, but he was like. They were pretty nice. And yeah. I was like, yeah, you know. Yeah. And Hello. He, and I mean, he doesn't like anyone. So <laughs> I was like, okay. like, Yeah. I mean, <laughs> who, we're going to hang out with some, some assholes. Yes. Give me a break. <laughs> that, that episode is so much fucking fun. And uh, no, I cannot believe still. Yes. I mean, Barefoot Lobo is always going to be weird that I see him and that he's I present thought that we were going to see him yesterday. Oh, I tried. I, You know, yeah, yeah we'll talk about that. I, I He was... He, he was there. Yeah, yeah, I think he was trying to wait for the parade to start. But even just Cody being there was just so bizarre and yeah. weird. And 
when you listen to podcasts, these people, you hear their voices. And then when you're in when you front of them, you, yeah. it's just so bizarre. So that was a fun episode. I wanted to talk about um, last Sunday, I went to a Ted Deutsch fundraiser. Yes. Okay. This has... It brought me so much joy. So, In the middle of my yes. sickness, oh, I God. was like rolling on my bed, just smiling. It was like <laughs> hallucinating. Hallucinating. And smiling. Yes. So everybody here who listens to this podcast knows that I am. They should know by now. They should know by now that I am in love and obsessed with Ted Deutsch. It's her secret, my, secret boyfriend. My, my super secret boyfriend. <laughs> and he doesn't know it. Um, he will he now. Will soon. He's good. He's gonna know. He's probably maybe he's listening. Yeah, maybe this is the episode he you tunes know, into. When girls are little, they're like, oh, they put all these teen idol posters on their wall. Yes, like to- I would totally have had a Ted Deutsch teen idol poster on my wall. Wow. No, like totally, like uh, right. <laughs> um, so he's running for re-election. He's my U.S. House rep, and he's running for re-election, and he's having a kickoff. And a few days before, I because w- I'd seen this email come through, and you know, different organizations that I. I'm associated with yes. They're like, Hey, y'all should come to this. Yeah. I saw it. Too. I, I wish I could have gone. Yeah. So I was like, well, I don't know. So then I see this name on there, Alfredo Olvera as one of the hosts on the host committee. I'm like, this executive <laughs> producer of my podcast isn't fucking reaching out and like, yo bitch, get on this list. So I, I texted him. I'm like, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> how do I get into this thing? He's like, you just send an email and ask to be on the, on the list. And I was like, what's the fucking email? Like, tell me what I need to do. Oh, that's so funny. So like two days before I sent the email and Brandy who works for Ted, like longtime staffer and is running his campaign. She's like, Oh sure. Can't wait to see you. I'm like, that's it. That's all I have to do. So I'm walking up to this event and you're at the front entrance and you sign your name in or whatever and I look over and they're standing like six feet away from me is Ted motherfucking Deutsch yes and I'm like holy shit right (laughs) so I'm like I casually just walk in like you know throw my hair around like this is it's all good we're good we're fine everything's fine right I walk over to our friends I see everybody I get a drink and I'm talking to Joanne Goodwin who's amazing, yes. like a fucking the, legend. And the best, like, connector in Broward yeah. County. <laughs> insane, yeah. insane. So I said, at, under my breath, you know, we're all sitting there talking, and I was like, I cannot fucking believe that Ted Deutsch is at that bar right now. Like, I can't believe I'm in the same space as Ted Deutsch. Oh, my God. Now, that's so what sweet. is in my head, yes. but it was coming out of my mouth, right? <laughs> And she was like, what? And I was like, I just can't. She's like, have you not met him? I go, you know, I met him once. It was really brief. He doesn't fucking remember me. It was like four years ago. And, um, you know, it's just so stupid. Like, he's going to remember me. So she's like, come on. And she grabs me by my arm and brings me over I to him. I love her so much. So, yeah. So his he was standing there talking to somebody. But in front of him was Christine Hunchofsky, the house oh, rep. Oh, yes. Who we fucking love. Amazing. Also. I mean. And so she's like, Hillary. And she gives me a big hug. And so the three of us start talking. But meanwhile, and I'm like itching, right? Like, I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. I love you, Christine. But fucking Ted Deutsch is right here. So let me talk to him, right? And um, finally, he turns to us, right? Did, and did, so did, I'm... Did, did it was it like the sun shining bitch it was like it was i heard like, dub like i heard like <laughs> oh, right because he's looking standing in front of me oh looking my in god. my eyeballs oh my god and um joanne's on was one someone side. there to ha- to hold you up no <laughs> I, was like, I was like just breathe in my head i was like just breathe just breathe just don't say and don't say don't the f fall. word yeah yeah don't, don't fall pass out say the f-bomb okay yeah. if i passed out maybe he would have given me mouth to mouth i don't know um, but i so don't say it don't don't curse 
be cool. Like, just like, it's like meeting the high school quarterback. You're like, oh okay, cool. Just be cool, girl. And so Joanne's on You're one side. your hair. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I was like, <laughs> it was like heart eyes, heart eyes. Joanne's on one side. Christine's on the other. And Joanne goes, uh, oh, Ted, I'd like you to introduce you to Hillary Doherty. She's a powerhouse in Broward County. She's involved in all these organizations. And she's a leader. And she's fucking amazing. And, wow. da, 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 da. and you should know who she is. Yes. And I'm like, uh, right? And my head was spinning. And then Christine Hunchofsky, who's like, I, I know we talked about her during the Bobby DeBose episode. Yes. But I don't know if people really understand. Like, she's she was the mayor of Parkland during the yeah. even during the MSD shooting she was amazing she she just won this house seat she did the fucking work in yes. Tallahassee she passed yes. six motherfucking bills yes. as a freshman legislator and she like doesn't keep her mouth shut no and she's incredibly fucking hard working yeah. and like puts her head down and keeps yeah. moving she's amazing yeah. she's like you don't know Hillary oh my god how do you not know Hillary just going on and I'm like fuck like this, this is, is like, lovely I had to say nothing I had to say nothing I and he's like this. nice to me put his hand out he's like nice to meet you I'm like oh my god right so he shakes my hand so then Brandy is standing next to him this the woman who works for him and 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 then Christine Hunchofsky goes she has a podcast yes you should go on the podcast <gasps> yeah and I was like fuck right I was like humana 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 and so um Brandy's like oh I listened to your podcast. I've listened to it. It's so good. And I'm like, and this is like, now, I can't. Here's I'm, like the under, the underbelly this. of this. Please, the, DC staffers. Yes. We love yes, you. Yes. We love you. This is Tina's whole thing. Tina's <laughs> whole thing is, which I think is so brilliant. Like if all these people who work in these offices in DC, like listen to the podcast, like it would be a thing. Oh, I love right? it. And so I always, so when she said that, I was like, oh my God, Tina's fucking right. They all listen to the <laughs> podcast, right? I was like, holy shit. Um, but she said that and he was like, oh, what's the name of the podcast? And I was like, oh, it's called the Muck Podcast. and It's true crime political podcast. Like, this is the oh, first thing I'm saying to you. You're so yeah. fucking cute. But I'm I like, oh, I'm like, but we have guests on and we just had Val Demings. Like, I was like trying to throw out yeah. some bait. I'm like, I got Val Demings on. He's like, I'd love to. I'd love to come on. Yeah. Send us the information. I yes. was like, oh, my God. So he kind of gets whisked away to go do his little speech or whatever. So then at the end. You know, I'm all the whole day. I'm like, there, where, where, where? I'm like keeping a check on. I'm like, where is he? Where'd he go? Where'd he go? Right. So then I start talking to Brandy and we, I talked to her for like 15 or 20 minutes Great. about him and his campaign. And he's got to come on the podcast and here's a list of things you could talk about. He's a huge music fan. I'm like, oh, and this could be amazing. Yeah. He loves I'm Bruce so Springsteen. I'm like, fuck this. Right. Soulmate. I told I, you soulmate. I'm telling you. Soulmate. So, um, uh, yeah. So I talked to her and then when he was about to leave, I'm like, I told her, I go, I'd love to take a picture with him before he leaves. So he was about to leave. He was saying goodbye. I'm like, oh, 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 hi. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I'm like, can I get a picture real quick? And he was like, of course. Right. So Nancy Fry took our picture Aww. and then he turns to me, Tina. <clears throat> well, I've been, I've been falling asleep to this, this moment for the last two <laughs> weeks where I put my head down the pillow. I close my eyes and I hear him say, see you on the podcast. <gasps> and I was like, Bitch. Yes. Oh my God. And I close my eyes and I dream of Ted Deutsch. So, so we got to send that out. I sent the email oh, to yay. Brandy and I was like, here's the information. I'm like, here's, I said, we record on Sundays, but we will do any other time that he, yes. he needs us to do it. And I suggested in person because yes. we have these mics now. And I'm like, listen, we're fully vaccinated. I feel like any Florida person we can do. Yeah. I'm like, and then we're when in we travel district. around. Yes. Um, and we can uh, interview people with our yes. mic our extra microphones. Yes. And so, like, we can come to where he is or he can come to where we are. Like, yeah. we're in his district. Like, I want to do in person. I want to sit across 
I'm going to manifest this. I'm going to yeah, sit across the table with some Ted Deutsch. Now you're going to be on the, you're going to be at the table, but I'm not going to be looking at you. I just want you yeah. to know. I don't listen. We I will don't not care. make eye contact. I, I, I want to watch this happen. Yes. <laughs> and I, you're going to see me like fucking floating off the chair. I'll just be there to, to, to try to tether you back down. Please. Okay. Because I will be talking to him about Bruce Springsteen for 30 minutes and you're going to go, Hillary, can we talk about the, mo-? no, yes. Tina, we're talking about Bruce. <laughs> So I'm so, that's the long story of my, I love it. Ted Deutsch. I, um, I can't wait. I, I can't wait either. So yesterday we were at pride. Um, yes. so we're oh. involved with the dolphin Democrats, which is the largest LGBTQ caucus in the state of Florida. And we were supposed to march in pride in yes. the parade. And unfortunately there was this terrible accident I, I, where people were injured. This truck like accidentally hit the gas instead of the brake. It was fucking awful. It was awful. And we'd been there for hours waiting to get into this parade. Yeah. So the parade was canceled, of course, and uh, but as we're standing there and people were leaving, da da da, da I hear Nikki Fried's here, Nikki Fried's here, right? Yes. And so I look over and I see this tiny little lady, and I go, "Holy shit!" There's fucking Nikki Fried, right? The next governor of the state of Florida. Yes, we need to make it happen. Okay, and um, our friend Nick Harris works. She's the LGBTQ yeah. liaison for the state of Florida under the Department of Agriculture with Nikki Fried. Who created that position? Yeah. Created that, but never existed before, which is amazing. So I, as we're walking out, I see Nick and I go, Hey, I heard your boss was here. That's so cool, right? And she, and so Nick goes, uh, Look behind you. And I turn around and there's fucking Nikki Fried. I go, Oh, yes. she's looking at me. I go, Hey, look at this. Uh, Nikki Fried's yes. over here. Right? I, I know. I, I was oh happy I got to see her and so cool. Um, meet her. Yeah. And I met her. When we did a couple of forums a couple of years ago, yes. she had come to one of them. Yeah. Um, but that was, again, two years ago. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I feel like she can do this. Oh, totally. No, she um, can do it. Come so, on. and I'm going to a fundraiser this week. For I her. will be there. Oh, I will be there. Yeah. Yay. And I had, because Nick took our picture, I was like, oh, look, it's the next governor, the state yeah. of Florida governor. And she was like, oh, I'm like, girl, you know where I'm voting for you. Give me a break. Yeah. I told her this. <laughs> oh my God. And, um. <laughs> But the picture that I was Nick like, I'm took, behind you 100%. I sent you the picture. Nick sent me the, Nick Harris sent me the picture this morning. And I don't know, the way that she was holding the phone, it was like tilted or something. I was, and I was thinking to myself, why is she holding the phone like that? And then when I, she sent me the picture, it looks like we're in a funhouse mirror. <laughs> I said, what the fuck? I need to get a better picture with her on Thursday. So I'm yes. going to do that. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited to support uh, Nikki Free yes. for governor. I you don't see to. any other options. Sorry. Yeah, no, you're not behind Charlie right? Crist. No, come on, <laughs> come on, right? I feel um, like he's got to kind of like just back out of this already. I mean, back he, out of it. I've heard he so many, to. so many fucking gaffes. This, is that the right word, gaff? Yeah. So many gaffes this campaign has already been making, even in Broward, and it's so fucked up. I mean, give me a break. Yeah. It's just wasting. It's wasting potential votes. Yeah. You know, and time. Oh yeah. So, uh, so the last thing I want to mention is. Um, the Bobby DeBose uh, Lil Muck yes. came out on Friday. Our um, best Lil Muck ever. It has to be. It's so good. I mean, I've loved every single one of our guests. Me too. And they've been all amazing. But there's something about Bobby DeBose and how honest he is and yes. the, where that conversation went and how how uh, personal He's he got so about things. Right. He it, is. It was just amazing. Yeah. It just felt so authentic and, and just honest. Yeah. And I really enjoyed it a Me lot. Me too. Me too. Yeah, he was incredible. So yeah. check that out. And we're going to be recording more soon for yes. a little muck. I'm excited. Same. And I wanted to mention also, I know at the end of our episodes, um, it's like, go check out our Patreon. You know, you can support us monthly financially, which is amazing. It's not a lot. It's like $2, $5, yeah. $10. 
But we do record these little um, little Q and A's. Yes. And if you're a five dollar or ten dollar right donate uh, donor. Yeah, if you're five dollar, you, you can get hear one. one, and if you're ten, you can hear both of them. Yeah, so each once a month, month or twice yeah. a month, we put out these little Q and A's, and it's like a random question. Yeah, and Tina and I talk uh, openly and yes. about whatever the question is, like you know, I don't know, they're ridiculous, it, they're ridiculous questions, but they're fun. But sometimes so. serious. It just depends. It's yeah. just random. Yeah, and I also wanted to ask for ratings. Yes. And subscribe because Please. we really, really, really need it. So if you haven't, like it takes two seconds yeah. and we really need those ratings because it just kind of pushes us up the chart and it gets us in front of new listeners. Yes. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Last thing. Sorry. I know. That's Listen, okay. We're only 17 minutes in. That's not that big of a deal, Tina, right? Listen, it's been two weeks. We have a lot to catch up on. <laughs> yeah. Um, we just booked ourselves on another podcast. Ooh, Are you excited about this? I am so excited. So I listened to a podcast called Keeping Up with the Cardassians, and it is a Deep Space Nine Star Trek podcast, which I don't know anything about. But they have been so incredibly supportive yes. on Twitter. Like they t- retweet all of our stuff that yes. I was just like. And like repeatedly. Okay. No, like all the time. Yes. I'm always like, dang. So I, I had started listening to it. And they had these, they call them that Mount Rushmore's where it's like, what's your favorite top five TV characters or top five, whatever. And which is, they're fun because they're so super geeky and it's the same fucking shit that I love. And so they talk about all this stuff in the beginning of their episodes, which is so fucking good. And, and because they know stuff that like, did you know that Marvel made this movie? Did, it's all yeah, stuff that like I love that I had yes, no idea. Yes. Um, so I really love it. And guess what? They are super fans of us as well. Nick listens, Joe listens, Rob listens. And hey. I mean, hi. Hello. Hello. <laughs> so, uh, which is amazing because we love podcasters. Yes. Like we're so, this is so much so fans. Is the community is incredible. It's fucking insane. It is. It really is. The most supportive. Yes. Yeah. So um, they asked us to come onto one of their episodes, which I am so fucking, which by the way, I think is going to be through Zoom. I know you'd ask me if it's going to be video oh, yeah, or not. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be video, so you do have to get your mug ready. Okay. Um, and yeah, I'm fucking stoked. I'm so excited. I, so It's, it's going to be great. It's like a double episode of a season. I think it's season four opener, so we could watch the episode so we could stay on for the whole thing and talk about that episode. Oh, or we could just stay on for the beginning, but I think we should watch the yeah. fucking episode. Yes. Yeah. Cause I know you, if I know you, when you, you remember, I don't want to bring this up. But <laughs> I'm, I'm, I really don't want to bring up this very painful memory of something called movie battle where Tina slaughtered me and left me no, on the side. Of her. She not, not only true. fucking like slit my throat, beat the shit not out of me, true. but she got in her car and like revved the wheels where it blew gravel oh all over me and then like took off. Tina fucking ruined me on that fucking podcast. Not movie, true. Ch- movie battle. Go listen to it. <laughs> She's so fucking brilliant, but she can watch, you can watch things and analyze them and break them down. So I think that you would be, I think we should do it. Yeah. I think yeah. that would be so much fun. Okay. So, 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 so much yeah, fun. Listen for us on the Cardassians. We'll, Ooh. we'll put it out when we, when it comes out. So I'm so excited about that. Yes. All right. Well, I am first this week. Yes. Okay. I am going to cover former governor of Oregon, John Kitzhaber. Oh, okay. So, the way that I found this person is um, when Cody, yes. was, if you go listen to our HFD special episode with Hell is Full of Dads, yes. he talks about Portland and he lives like right like in the yes. suburbs of Portland and how terrible the, um, they've legalized drugs there. Yes. Okay. Without any kind of like. Regulation. Here's how I mean, this is not going to get out of control. Yeah. Like nobody kind of thought about like, what's the wild, wild west going to be when the yeah. drugs fucking start flying? 
And so I started to all read drugs. all drugs. I mean, you, and it's, you know, he's, he, he puts pictures on his Instagram of like what it's like there now. And it's just fucking awful. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's drug addicts. It's drug addicts. It's all over the streets, like leaving needles everywhere. Oh, like see that, it's that's, fucking awful. Yeah, that that's not, <clears throat> that's not right. It's terrible. So, um, I started to go and because the way that he was describing, it was just fucking incredible. So I started reading articles about Portland and what's going on there and, I don't know. They're trying to make efforts, but you know, it's yeah. it's sometimes those things have to be in place before, right? You have to and like and, look I, and the idea and of not criminalizing, like yeah. I, I like that part, I I kind of agree. I don't think people should sit in jail because they have a drug addiction and mm-hmm. they get caught with a certain amount. If you're a dealer and yeah. you know, like that kind of thing, and distributing drugs is one thing, some kingpin. But mm-hmm. if you're some you know regular guy who has a drug addiction and you get caught with a little bit of drug drugs and now you're sitting in jail I don't think that's the solution right so like the idea of it being legal so that it kind of eliminates that part but there needs to be some sort of infrastructure in place to yeah contain it because you still don't want people addicted to drugs I mean right you know yeah I agree but anyway it's a fucking mess yeah I, I don't know how do you drive down the road or walk down the street and there's people just openly using drugs on the street that's happened here. I've seen that in Pompano yes. where people just yeah. using needles out in the street. I'm yeah. like, what the fuck? In some parts of Fort Lauderdale. I mean, what the hell? It's, yeah. it's, it's fucked up. Yeah. So then I started reading about this governor and I was like, all right, I'm going to cover this guy. I'm going to, I'm definitely going to cover that Portland drug bullshit. Yeah. Like that's going to be a whole story. Yeah. But okay, yeah, I'm very yeah. curious. Yeah. It's really, it's, it's, it's fascinating. So I'm going to, but I found this guy through that. So that's how I got to Kit Haber. Okay. okay. So. John Kitzhaber was born on March 5th, 1947 in Colfax, Washington. He graduated from South Eugene High School in 1965, Dartmouth College in 69, and Oregon Health and Science University with a medical degree in 1973. He practiced medicine from 73 to 86 in Roseburg, Oregon as an emergency room physician. Wow. He began his political career in 1978 when he won election to the Oregon House of Representatives, where he served for one term. Okay. In 1980, he was elected to the Oregon State Senate, where he served three terms from 81 to 93 and was the president of the Senate from 1985 to 1993. Wow. As Oregon Senate president, he was the chief author of the state's government-funded health care plan, the Oregon Health Plan, which is kind of fucking yeah. amazing, right? Yeah. I mean, and he's got the background for it. Exactly. So um, in 1994, Kitzhaber won the Democratic nomination for governor when the sitting governor, Barbara Roberts, who was also a Democrat, withdrew, withdrew from the race in January of that year. So she res, she uh, opts out of running for a second term because the voters refused to pass a sales tax to fund the Oregon health plan, and she was forced to break her campaign promises not to cut spending. So oh, I thought that was very wow. interesting because he wrote this plan, yeah, right? And she was like, yeah, we're going to have this plan. We're going to fund it, but we're not going to use tax dollars. So I'm, I love that. Yeah. How do you pay for things? Yes. Like, I, I, I wish people would understand that, like, you know, taxes serve a purpose. Yeah, but also, <laughs> isn't it fascinating that she she's, she says, I'm going to resign because they wouldn't pass this thing. This happens I can't in, imagine like, that. England all the time. Like, yeah. the, um, who am I thinking of? Prime Minister? The Prime Minister would, would resign if it's like, oh, they don't want me here. When when Brexit yes. happened, that yes. guy, the, the Prime Minister didn't want that thing. And they're like, he's like, oh, they want this. I can't be in charge. This is right. not what I want. I'm going to leave. That's yeah, fucking, that doesn't happen in America. Does. No. They, they, it's they, a very rare thing in America. Yeah. Oh, oh, you don't like this? Well, I'm yeah. going to still stay yes. here. Bye. It doesn't matter. No. So he ends up winning the general election in November 1994 with 51% of the vote. And during his first term, he introduced the Oregon Children's Plan, which was designed to identify and assist at-risk children and their families. 
Despite being personally opposed to the death penalty, Kitaber allowed two executions to be carried out in his first term, Douglas Franklin Wright in 96 and Harold Charles Moore in 97. In a statement in 2011, Kitaber said, quote, they were the worst agonizing and difficult decisions I have made as governor. I have regretted those choices ever since, end quote. God, that's like a huge burden I mean, to carry. Yeah. Some states, they fucking light them up every fucking day. Yeah. God damn it. Florida. Florida. Um, <laughs> not laughing at, at yeah, no. it's just the worst it's just we're the worst yeah we're the worst state. um so in his second term republican anti-tax activist bill sizemore challenged kit saber in 1998 kits uh, sizemore had founded oregon taxpayers united a political action committee that lobbied against tax increases and uh. promoted ballot measures limiting the use of union dues in political campaigns oh, okay um during the general election the oregonian newspaper reported sizemore's controversial business practices in his personal life as well as his, in the operations of his political action committees and nonprofit educational foundation my favorite he's trying to tell people how to spend money meanwhile he's fucking around over on his side right get the fuck always out of yeah, always please so in the end, Sizemore provided only a token challenge and received 30% of the vote to Kit Tabor, 64%. So he wins re-election in his second term. And he won all but one county, which is something that wow. rarely happens in Oregon. Yeah, it's amazing. So Kit Tabor developed policy initiatives related to natural resources during his two terms as governor, including the Oregon Plan for Salmon and Watersheds, aimed at restoring dwindling runs of threatened salmon species to Oregon's rivers and streams. Cool. Yeah. The plan was a collaborative effort that encouraged federal, state, and local government agencies to work with private landowners to restore watershed health and recover threatened salmon runs. So he um, took a controversial stand in the favor of breaching several northwest dams to help restore salmon populations. So, you know, that, that always seems scary to me. Yeah. Right? I, I don't know. I don't like it. No. <laughs> Managing growth, particularly in the Willamette Valley was a priority of Kitzhaber, and was he was a staunch supporter of Oregon's comprehensive land use system. Okay, so he's he's trying to yeah help their you know natural resources. Yeah. This all sounds good. Yeah, he opposed attempts to weaken protections of farmland and enforcement of urban growth boundaries. And under Oregon's constitution, Kitzhaber could not seek a third consecutive term in two thousand two. Right? Oh, it's two terms. Good, but seven years later, uh oh. In September 2009, Kitzhaber announced that he would run for a third term as a as the governor. How? Does because it's not parties? like president. No. Oh. It's not like president where you can only run, you can only be president for two terms. You can't run consecutively. Oh, it's the consecutive piece. Right? That's the thing. So he can run oh, again. Oh, just like let people have a, a chance. Love it. I love it. Come on. Let people have a chance. It's I just so don't understand. I I, I, I it's just, it's power. He's the best, though, Tina. He has yeah. to be the governor. Yeah. No one else can do this job like he can. Please. I know. So um, in May 2010, he won the Democratic primary. Like, oh he's now the, yeah. So in the general election, he ran against Republican Chris Dudley and several minor party candidates winning a close election, 49% of the vote. Chris Dudley was a basketball player. Am I wrong? I have no idea because I, I do not look it know up. sports. Hold on. I'm going to look it up real quick because I know that name sounds familiar. Like, I know his face. Yeah. He was American former pro pro professional basketball player. Oh. I knew that he was. His face is so familiar. Anyway, he ran as on the Republican ticket. He was the Republican nominee for this wow. for this race. Hmm. So um, he was sworn into his third term as governor of Oregon on January 10th, 2011, succeeding fellow Democrat Ted 
Kulingoski. So here's what they did. This was the first time in Oregon they used what they called a new cross nomination system. And it's a form of fusion voting. So in this system, a candidate for partisan public office can be nominated up to, by up to three political parties. Oh. So he had been nominated not only by the Democrats, Kitzhaber, but also the independents. So he oh. was their candidate as oh. well. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. Okay. On November 22nd, 2011, Kitzhamer announced that he might commute an upcoming death sentence scheduled to occur in the month ahead. So here we are again. He's governor. Right. He's like, fuck this. I hate this goddamn death penalty. Right. I'm not doing it. Right. Good. Go fuck yourself. Good. So he went on to announce that he would allow no executions to occur in Oregon while he was governor, um, calling the issuing of death sentences, quote, compromised and inequitable, uh, end quote. The commuted inmate, Gary Haugen, made headlines when he refused to be pardoned. Wanting to be executed. <gasps> what? Yeah. Now, you could imagine, they sit on death row for a right. long time. They and they do. have to eventually come to terms with, like, this is something that's going to happen right. to me. Right? So now he's like, oh, it's, now it's not, not going to happen. Right. And I got to stay here for... Uh. Yeah, no. So... But, I mean, you can't just ask to be killed. Well, so here's what... Yeah, he does, though. So senior judge Timothy P. Alexander assigned Marion County Circuit Court... Uh, assigned to Marion County Cir Circuit Court ruled that Hagen um, or Haugen could reject the governor's reprieve of his execution and move forward in his what? efforts to die by lethal injection. I don't, I don't know if this, this doesn't feel ethical to me. I mean, uh, are we on, is this a, is this like a assisted, right to die? I like feel, assisted yeah, living? Assisted, yeah, assisted, assisted, assisted death? Yeah, that's what it's sounding it like does. now. Isn't that weird? I mean, but he's not ill. He's no. not, you know what I mean? No. Like if someone is in excruciating and don't pain you think this also depends on the that? judge yeah like the, what judge kit Haber appealed the decision to the oregon supreme court which decided in the governor's favor on june 20th 2013 okay. in 2012 rolling stone magazine named kit Haber one of quote the quiet ones 12 leaders who get things done end quote okay citing his decision to halt all executions in oregon as quote demonstrating just how effective government can be end quote Kitzhaber presided over the failed launch of Cover Oregon, the state's Affordable Care Act insurance exchange website. Mm. Remember how bad this was when these things were failing? And At the beginning. In the beginning, it yeah. was hard to yeah. get it going. Yes. So this was a big deal right. that this thing wasn't working. Um, and he was also disappointed in 2014 by the collapse of the Columbia River Crossing Infrastructure Mega Project amid oppositions from Republicans in Washington State Senate and Clark County government. A more personal scandal struck uh -oh. the governor's office late in 2014 when the Willamette Week um, newspaper exposed a previously unknown marriage between <gasps> his between First Lady Sylvia Hayes and an Ethiopian immigrant in 1997. So wait, okay. So here, let me give you the okay. rundown. So he was married during his first two terms. Okay, and they have children. Like that was his right. first wife. And when he leaves office, they get divorced. Okay, so in between those seven years. He's getting divorced. He meets this woman, Sylvia Hayes, and that becomes his girlfriend. Okay. Eventually, down the road, they get engaged, but they're calling her first lady, and she's his girlfriend, which I find oh. very odd, by the way. Yeah. I don't know. Come yeah. on. Yeah. No, right? they're just dating. Okay. So, but she's all involved in everything. Anyway, right. this thing comes out that she had married an immigrant. He didn't know about that. Like, he didn't know. This is happened he did years it for papers, before. obviously. Yes. Yeah. And this happened years before, so... uh. So she admits that they did, they were married, 
and that it was dissolved in the early 2000s. And she said it was an illegal green card marriage into which she entered for money during a difficult period in her life. So Kit Saber was reportedly unaware of the marriage until the Willamette Willamette Weeks investigation. I mean, how would he know if it was before they dated anyway? I mean, you know what I mean? She never told him. Yeah. I don't know. Is that something you share with somebody? Um, they're just, I, I mean, if you're just dating, but if it gets more serious, I feel like you gotta be like, Hey, I think so. I did this thing once. Yeah. Especially cause he's like a politician and yeah. And it could come out. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I think she should have said something, but so just days later, a local news station reported that Hayes was involved in another criminal scheme in 1997 involving a marijuana grow operation in Washington to which Hayes also admitted. Wow. So she's all over the fucking place. She's doing So he just doesn't know who he's dating? I guess not. Is she um, like, this is interesting. Yeah. Um, so he publicly defended Hayes against the criticism, calling her past marriage a, quote, personal issue, although he admitted in a, in a debate later on that he was taken aback and hurt to learn of it. So he didn't know. Yeah. This kind of sucks. I mean, that shouldn't impact his ability to lead. Okay, true. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is like her past, her life. Yeah. But it has nothing to do with him. Uh-oh. So I Uh-oh. guess, so yeah, we'll get into that a little bit in a little bit. But I think that you're right. It shouldn't. But it calls into question the character of this woman, you right. know? And if this is who you're with, right? you know, is she still, obviously she will bend the rules to do things that she, you know what I mean? Right. But what if she's, what if she's, you know, like a bit of a con artist? And, right. Like, you who know, are we really dealing with here? You know, and he doesn't know that. She's and she's presenting governor. this certain yeah. type of person, yeah. right? Here I am and, and not re- releasing that information. Yeah. And maybe she's trying to con him. Maybe she's yeah. just a Exactly. Little... Like, why wouldn't you share information like right. that? Maybe she thought he wouldn't want to date her anymore because it could affect yeah. his, his, his career, yeah. right? As a politician. And so, so that's not his fault. I mean, you, if people no, are duplicitous, you're right. like, you're right. you, you know, people right. get fooled all the time. You're absolutely right. And I don't think tigers change their stripes. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, so if you're, if the, if it's one thing, it's like, oh, I helped this friend of mine. Get, yeah, I got married he's just, so he breaks yeah. up with her. No, he doesn't break up oh. with her, bitch. They're still fucking. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> so he runs for re-election for a fourth term. Okay. okay but now there's this cloud now of there's scandal. This thing, right. Yeah. So while he uh, consistently led opponent De- Dennis Richardson, a conservative Republican state rep from Central Point, in uh, public polling and defeated him by a margin of 5.6%, his campaign faced controversy over the failure of Cover Oregon, which was that website, right. and the activities of the fiancé. Um, with Richardson charging that the governors and the first lady were corrupt. Mm. Again, I can't, first of all, could you, th- how, how do you get the balls to be like, you need to call me first lady? Yes. All right. And then everybody's going along with but it. But they're, they're engaged. They get engaged, but I'm telling you, I think oh, the engagement they, so, comes after he's out of yes. office. I really or don't. maybe are they doing this engagement to try to like. Legitimize her. Yeah. I know. It just, just it seems so God, fucked up. I hate. But there's probably no rules for like first lady. There's probably yeah. no rules like they have to be married, right? That's probably not. It's like an unwritten thing, I guess. Unless she's living in the mansion with him or whatever. Oh, but maybe. But he, I think he refused to live in the governor's mansion. Like he had his own. I don't know. This guy's fucking wacky. Maybe because they're not married. And yeah. they probably. It's so weird. Yeah. First lady. I don't know. It seems yeah. weird. But then also I think his marriage is construct that, that maybe yes. they weren't a part of. And so fuck you. Yeah. Maybe that's it. And I'm just know. like, you shouldn't be first lady because you're not married. Like, who fucking cares if they're married? Yeah. All right. I don't know. Maybe I don't I'm, know. it's old fashioned. So, um, and he ends up winning 
re-election to this historic fourth term as governor. Like, this is amazing. Now okay. he's four terms. Oh, so he wins. Sworn in, he wins. Okay. And he's sworn in on January 12th, 2015. And people um, were, uh, some people were super offended because he goes to the swear-in ceremony in jeans. Oh my God. But it's jeans. Oregon. I feel like it's Oregon. Like <laughs> you're going to wear jeans. Jeans. And he's got a button up shirt with a tie and a jacket, like a blazer, but like yeah. fucking jeans and probably cowboy boots. Yeah. But and, it's Oregon. Yeah. But here's a funny side note to this is that Cody told me, he's like, I never liked that guy. He's like, I met him once. He goes, and my mama always told me, <laughs> don't trust a guy wearing jeans, like, um, a suit and a cowboy hat. Because when you look up this guy, yeah. he's wearing a suit and a cowboy hat yeah. or like jeans. And it was so funny. Yeah. I thought that was so funny. So um, at the start of his fourth term, he enjoyed the largest Democratic majorities in the Oregon Legislative Assembly he had seen in, that had that he had seen in more than 12 years as governor. Wow. So we got a super majority there, okay. right? In his inaugural address. They could Kits, do a lot of work. Yeah. Kits, Kits Haber indicated that his fourth gubernatorial term would be the last one he would seek, okay. obviously. He's saying, saying it would, quote, will complete the arc of his political, my political oh. career. And he said he wanted to focus on socioeconomic inequality in Oregon during his last four years as governor of the state. Good. Okay, perfect. Uh-oh. So here we go. I'm like waiting. Yeah. So when he, when he was running for this fourth term in October 2014, um, he was the subject of a series of articles and media coverage that weakened the governor's office. So Hayes, the fiance, and Kit Haber also faced questions over her alleged use of of her position as first lady and relationship to the governor to boost the profile of her consulting business. She was the founder of this environmental consulting firm, three E strategies. And, um, in November, the Oregon government ethics commission rejected a request made by Kit Saber to look into her records. So all these people are accusing her of like, you can't, you're a consultant for this firm and you're also this close to the governor in that office. Something's not right. So Kit Saber's like, well, look into it then if you don't like it. Look at, and they're like, no, 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 we don't need to, this ethics commission's like, no, we don't need, there's nothing to see there, right? Right, we're just saying. Yeah, it's the media who's right. like, this needs to be looked into. And on January 27th, 2015, the Portland Tribune reported Hayes was paid $118,000 for communications work with the Clean Economy Development Center at the same time that she was listed as an advisor to Kitzhaber on renewable energy. Oh, no. Okay. Nope. Wouldn't they have to put that out to bid and that should be a conflict of interest and she shouldn't even be involved? So she's, well, she's advising him on, on this environmental, like renewable right. energy, but in the back over here at her company, she's getting paid yeah. by a company to no. basically a lobbyist. No. Right. And who's she going to put, right. who's she going to push for some other company or this company that's getting her $118,000, right? So that's not good. No. So the newspaper suggested the dual roles could be considered a conflict of interest. Yes. The Oregonian paper raised similar questions in a report a few days later. On December 14th, the Oregonian requested emails from Hayes' personal email accounts related to state business. When, when Sylvia Hayes responded that she had no formal government position and no government authority, the Oregonian petitioned Attorney General Ellen Rosenblum on January 29, 2015, for the release of the emails. Oh, right? Because she go. doesn't have a government email. Right. Right? Here we go. It's incredible. So <laughs> in an article on February 4, 2015, Willamette Weekly, or Week, the newspaper, whose publisher and co-founder, Richard Meeker, is married to the Attorney General Rosenblum. Oh, oh gosh. Which, uh, okay. Which the paper acknowledged, right? Like, right. oh, just so you know, Right. Commented on the lack of investigation and Rosenblum's self-proclaimed reluctance to comment on the case. So they kind of went after her and was like, why aren't you bringing... Yeah. Yeah. And this, well, her husband owns the paper. 
That's a paper. I love it. A week later, that pillow That's talk funny. is fun. Yeah. yeah. She's going to be like, what the hell's you going motherfucker. on? Yeah. You're <laughs> you on the couch tonight, You bitch. can't help me out yeah. just a little bit? Thanks a lot. You can't throw one article my way? Yeah. Thanks a lot. <laughs> a week later, on February 12th, 2015, Rosenblum concluded that Hayes earned public official status and ordered the release of the emails to the Oregonian. That's, that's fucking I nuts. love the I emails are my favorite. Oh, yeah. Um, on February 25th, 2015, Hayes filed a lawsuit against the Oregonian claiming Fifth Amendment rights against the release of the emails and citing from Rosenblum's order that Hayes had asked for a state email but was ineligible without employee status. So she had asked for a fucking state email wow. for an employee and she can't get it because she doesn't work there. Why well, what she was she going to do with that email? Yeah, why is she asking for that? Come on. She's going to try to make some money. She's going to try to make some money. Yeah. And look official. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, I don't She's like a it. con artist. She's a fucking con She's artist. She's a con artist. Yeah. The Oregonian, which endorsed Kit Tabor in his 2010 and 14 campaigns, went so far as to call on him to resign, although Kit Tabor said he would not consider doing so. Major Democratic office holders in the state, including Treasurer Ted Wheeler, Senate President Peter Courtney, and House Speaker Tina Kotek, all issued statements on February 12th urging Kit Tabor to resign. Also on February 12th, the Willamette Week uh, paper reported that Kit Saber's executive s- assistant had tried to have thousands of the governor's emails deleted the previous <gasps> week. So then in this week, um, the secretary of state is the one who becomes wow. the, um, the one, next one in line. They don't okay. have a, they don't have a, a um, lieutenant governor. No, they don't. Okay. So she was in DC at the time. Kate, I believe her name's Kate. And Brown. she's like, God damn it. Now I got to go yeah. do this thing. So he called, <laughs> so she's in, she's in DC. He calls her and, and he's like, I need you to get back here. Yeah. You know, he said something. I don't, I don't know if he basically said he was going to resign, but he's like, I need you to get back here, blah, blah, blah. She comes all the way back to fucking Oregon and she gets there and he's like, oh, I changed my mind. Oh, come on. And then the next day he fucking resigns. So on fe- what a yeah, jerk. it was so bizarre. Like this whole like back and forth. He doesn't like, know I'm what not he's going doing. To. Yeah. yeah. So on February 13th, um, 2015, Kit Saber announced his resignation amid this whole scandal. Um, Thanks a lot, lady. Yeah, th- Thanks a I lot, mean, first lady. He had this whole storied career, yeah. and here she comes. Yeah. Listen, mm-hmm. Tina, we've, we've, we've talked about this before. The femme fatale. Yes. The <laughs> magical vagina. Yes. We have talked about the magical vagina. Wow. He's looking past marriages he didn't know. He's looking past yeah. marijuana growth things he didn't know. He's looking yeah. past, oh, give me a fucking state email. I mean, yeah. what the He fuck? needs to say, like, what are you doing? Yeah. No. They're still together. Wow. Today. Yeah. So um, on on April 3rd, 2015, under federal subpoena, Governor Kate Brown's office publicly released, because she's now the governor, yeah. uh, 94,000 emails between Hayes and of official email accounts for staff members in Kit wow. Saber's office. In 2017. 94,000 emails. Yeah. Jesus. I know. In 2017, after 28 months of investigation, the federal government announced that it had dropped its investigation into allegations that Sylvia Hayes and John Kitzhaber had used their positions for personal gains, so no charges were filed. Ugh. But all these other, like these, the Ethics Commission in Oregon was, were also doing investigations and found that there was wrongdoing and right. fined them. They okay. can't arrest so, them, but oh, they so they were fined. Them. Okay. Yes. So on, on January 18th, 2019, Hayes agreed to pay um, Oregon Ethics Government Ethics Commission fines of $44,000 wow. For ethics violations arising from her use of public office for personal profit. Wow. It's incredible. Wow. Um, Kids Haber wow. had also agreed. It's so fucking fucked because the criminal charges, you probably have to have very specific. Yes. And you got to be able to link all those things and maybe they just couldn't do it. Yeah. But obviously 
there was something there. That's kind of like when you have, um, you know, the murder trial and then there's mm. the uh, civil case that the family yes. might do and they yes. might be found guilty. Like with the, the OJ Simpson is exactly. like the most famous one. So yep. maybe it's something like that where yeah. it's just not enough for like that full conviction. Right. Ugh. Um. So Kit Tabor had also agreed in January to pay $20,000 in civil penalties to the commission for conflicts of interest regarding Hayes while he was governor. So wow. he's gotten that he's in that pussy haze. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Tina. <laughs> That's what oh happened. And it cost him twenty thousand dollars. It cost him twenty thousand dollars. Well, and her forty four thousand dollars. So that cost him Yeah. A lot of money. A lot of money. Well, that's okay. She made a lot of fucking money out of that fucking She made 118000 so she still has a profit. Yes. So something I thought was really cool here at the end of the story is that Kate Brown, who was the Secretary of State at the time, um, and because they don't have a lieutenant governor, right. she's next in line. She becomes Secretary of State, or she becomes the next governor. Um, in 2008, she became the first openly LGBTQ person elected uh, Secretary of State in that in that seat in the United awesome. States. And then in 2016, she became the first openly LGBTQ person elected governor of a state Yay. in the United States, as well as the second woman elected governor of Oregon. <gasps> woo, woo. That's amazing, wow. right? Only the second. Yeah. Pretty good, though. Yes. Yeah. Love uh, it. I don't think Florida has had a woman governor. No. Nope. So, hello, Nikki Freed. Yes. Another reason. Oh, we my God. Get her in Nikki Freed. All right. That's my story. Kit Tabor. Woo. All right. So, today, I'm going to tell you the story of Koppel, Texas mayor mm. Jane Peters. Oh, a lady. A lady. A lady. So, Jane Peters served on the city council for Koppel, Texas beginning in 1998 and won the mayoral seat in 2009, and she earned a reputation for her competence and organization. But when financial pressures mount and questions get asked, Peters makes a devastating decision. Uh oh. So, I have to say this whole story is a trigger warning. Oh, God. Yeah. So, it's really sad. But and for I'm what? Sorry. Trigger warning for what? Because um, we always say that. And then I was like, but do we, are we really giving them? Uh, so suicide. Oh, for fuck's and, sake. And other violence. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I know. I just really wanted to talk about it. it. It's just, it's, it's so incredibly sad, but here we go. Yeah. Our story takes place in Koppel, Texas, which is a small suburb, about 40,000 people, mm. um, 17 miles outside of Dallas. Okay. And it's an affluent suburb area. And I'm kind of going to just jump into the story. So according to Candles Myers of Medium, the Peters lived this idyllic upper middle class suburban life. Jane Peters was married to Donald Peters and they had one daughter, Corrine. And when Corrine was in elementary school, Jane served on the PTA. She worked part-time on a um, subcontractor basis as a software developer. She first served on the council, like I said, in 1998 um, some people report that she had a salary of about $42,000, like serving on the commission. Other sources said that it was a non-paying position. So mm. I'm not sure. Yeah. Usually they pay a small amount. Yeah. So I'm going to. 42 kinda, is a lot though. I that. feel like it's a lot. I yeah. think that's when she was mayor and maybe commissioner. Maybe it was lower. I'm mm -hmm. not sure. And Jane Peters, according to that Medium article, was a force as mayor. CBS News noted that she was always prompt. And Dallas, um, Fort Worth, uh, NBC said that most people saw her as, quote, a well-to-do career woman who was efficient. But one neighbor was quoted by um, an article by Montgomery that Jane was, quote, austere, real closed, a neighbor told me. You couldn't relate to her. So she was just sort hmm. of like, kind of like one of those kind of 
severe, like just real serious type of women, I guess. Okay. That, like you couldn't kind of. Yeah. But electable. And yes, that's kind of still odd. electable. Her daughter, Corrine, uh, was a recent high school graduate, a dancer, all around happy teenager. She got mm. into her first choice college, University of Texas, Austin. Go. And her mom gave her a 2011 Hyundai as a gift for her accomplishments that year. Wow. And according to Psychology Today, things were okay until Jane Peters' husband, Donald, died from colon cancer in 2008. Oh, fuck So me. this story takes place in... Um, 2011, 2010 or okay. so. Um, and the husband dies in 2008. So what mm. happens? So according to Myers, Donald's um, insurance wasn't so great. Oh, so Peters and her daughter are left with like all of these medical bills oh. and cancer isn't cheap, you know? Fuck, and man. so money gets tight. What, and is, what is wrong with this country? I know. What the fuck? People should not be left destitute. Right, because, because of an illness. Gets, yeah, that uh, they can't control. You can't control. You know? You can't There's people control. who never smoke cigarettes, never, never yep. and they get cancer. Hello. Uh, help, Tina. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Yeah. She's sitting at the fucking table. Yes. Like, it's fucking incredible. It's incredible. And, and what? And what? And when I think of, like, my, like, uh, let me tell you. I can't even imagine. Um, With my insurance. Yeah. Just so, you know, you get charged for everything. Right. You get charged for the, you have your the medical oncologist, you have the surgical oncologist, you mm-hmm. have the plastic surgeon, you have the hospital stay, you have the anesthesiologist. Oh, that's always a fun one. Right, so yes. there, it's like all of these different bills. Any tests, scans. Uh, oh my God, all yeah. of that stuff. And just the medical oncologist like bill mm-hmm. with my insurance right. was like 20 grand, something like Jesus. that. Like it's like, a, it's like a 60, 70 more, probably $100,000 surgery. Yeah. And it, it's crazy. And, and he, when you look at Europe and what yeah. would they pay? Oh god. And and um uh, my husband was telling me he was watching some show where they were like, "Well, how much do you think uh, you know, it costs for this?" And they're like, "Uh, maybe $100." And they're like, "No, it's, you know, 1000." And they're like, "I don't understand." Like we are just beholden to these insurance yeah. companies. And it doesn't have to be that way. No. We can fix this system. Yeah. So people aren't out on the street. People lose everything. They lose everything. It's fucking, and it's not right. No. So that's sort of what happens here. Like money is tight. It's heartbreaking. And then city officials noticed that there were some charges. Oh, fuck. On the city credit card. Well, you know. And in fact, there were thousands of dollars in charges. And the charges were things like food, clothes, Uh, rental car. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, give me a break. She should, she should do that. No, no, but she, she's trying to feed her family. I know. God damn it. So the Beaumont enterprise reported that the city manager, Clay Phillips had been asking Peters about the charges on the card since November, 2009. And he stated to the couple Gazette that she had said, uh, that she had reimbursement and receipts prepared in her car and that she would be handing them over any day. Mm. We are going to look at her credit card statements and there are a number of them in this. She very clearly understood she had some things she needed to take care of. Oh, God. And ABC 8 stated that the city ordered an investigation into the charges. So the city is now like, we got to look into this, right? Because it's thousands of dollars. Of course. I mean, it's not Okay. So some neighbors also said that the house was in foreclosure and ABC eight reported that her house was almost foreclosed on between 2001 and 2010. Oh, this woman, the pressure. And she even owned, uh, she even owed her HOA 
um, who ended up putting a lien on her property oh, as well. Oh, these fucking HOAs. So Go she's got yourself. the HOA. Oh, she's got the house. God damn it. Her husband died, you pieces of shit. I know. Wave those fees, assholes. I know. I know. What the fuck? No. So the major incident. Around 6 a.m. on July 12th, 2010, neighbors see Corinne packing up her car for college. Then, around 6.30 a.m., they see Jane unpacking the car. So somewhere between 6 and 6.30 a.m. Whoa, Tina. I know. The daughter? Fuck this. Tina. Jane Peters shot and killed her 19-year-old daughter. Then, later that night, or into the early morning hours of July 13th, she shot herself. So it, this story, I was like, I don't understand. Like, wh- why? Like, I get, like, she the knows, mounting financial That's right, financial but she pressure. knows it'll land on the daughter. And But it's like her, bi- no. I just, I know. She's out of her fucking mind. She's out of her mind. So the Dallas Morning Times reported that Peters had a book about suicide that had photos of her husband and daughter in it when they found her. And when Peters didn't show up to a city council meeting, which was very uncharacteristic because she's this very like prompt, you know, very organized woman. Her colleagues called the police for a welfare check and the police discovered her body around 7.45 p.m. on July 13th. So remember I said that she was really organized. Well, even in this like horrific event, this is what the police put together. Mm. So the Dallas Morning Times noted that the car that her daughter believed was a graduation present was really a rental. Oh, my God. And in fact, shortly after shooting her daughter, Peters returned the car to Avis, the car rental place. And KHOU reported that the car was originally slated to be rented for a week, but it was six weeks late. Oh, my God. So, like, she's like, here's this graduation present. And, like, the daughter's driving this car. And all of this was charged on the city credit card. She she already knew she was going to do this. And she she already knew that any other thing is, you know, like when you get the rental car, it has like the uh, the keychain on it from the rental place, the yeah, Avis yeah, yeah. keychain. The Avis keychain was missing, which led police to believe that the daughter probably believed that this was a gift and not a rental. So because she had taken that of thing course. off the key ring. So neighbors reported that they saw Peters the morning of the 12th taking those like things out of her daughter's car and that she was doing good. And another said that they even waved to each other. So imagine, like, the daughter has packed up the car, oh my goes in, she kills her daughter, she comes back out. How did she shot she, the daughter? She shot her daughter. She's Jesus taking Christ. stuff out of the car and, like, waving to people. Like, it, it's just, like, wild. And then witnesses also reported that around 1230 that afternoon on the 12th, she was walking around MacArthur Boulevard, and they noted that she looked disheveled, which was not her usual appearance. So she had, like, gone and returned the car and she's walking back. She's like looking a mess. Yeah, she, because yeah. she just fucking killed her kid, bro. Yeah. So what in the mother? I know. How can somebody do something I, like I, that? I just I don't know. So we know it's clear but that it's you know what it is. It's 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 not. It's because she's in this frame of she's mind. She knows she can't get of, out of anything. Yes. She's gonna kill herself. She can't leave the daughter behind. That's what I it is. No, but like she leave your daughter doing, behind. Yeah. Oh, leave absolutely. Every time. Every time. But she thinks she's doing the right thing yeah, by like, taking by this doing kid with this, her. It's, it's, it's terrible. Oof. So, you know, obviously there's no charges, anything like that. But we know it's clear that Jane Peters killed her daughter first. So, in fact, according to the Dallas Morning News, this is what the police found. So when they went to the house, 
there were a couple of things. Um, one, she left a note on the front door. So like, this is how organized she was. Like she planned this whole thing. And then when police arrived on the door, there's a taped note that says, quote, here's the key for the front door. I'm so very sorry for what you are about to discover. Oh. Please forgive me, Jane. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Taped to the door. Holy fuck. I know. So when they go in on the kitchen table, there was a July 11th newspaper opened up to a column on suicide. And they believe that was left out deliberately. She placed her city-issued laptop and BlackBerry by the front door with a note indicating that they belong to the city. So again, it's like this organization side of her. There was a bag of Corinne's clothes by the door. Outside of the door of the laundry room, that's where they found the daughter's body. Peters had placed four teddy bears and a pillow. And she had, like, covered her daughter up. Oh, my God. I know. Tina. Corinne's head was wrapped in a towel, but the article noted that police were not certain if it was to stop the spread of the blood or just to cover her face. And then there were also other notes left. One note said that this whole thing was part of a suicide pact, but there's no evidence of that because when they found the daughter, she was clearly shot from behind. Like she was in the laundry room. So she probably didn't even know hopefully what hit her. Another note listed family members to contact that would deal with the estate and then notes about how to take care of the pets. They had two dogs and four cats um, for the first responders. Good Lord. Another note read, quote, My sweet, sweet Corinne had grown completely inconsolable. She had learned to hide her feelings from her friends, but the two of us were lost, alone, and afraid. Corinne just kept on asking, why won't God let me die? We hadn't slept at all, and Mm. neither of us could stop crying when we were together. Mm. She also left a note requesting no memorial or funeral. She just wanted the two of them to be cremated. But they end up doing like a whole funeral service and whatever anyway they don't kind of follow the daughter, those wishes. i understand the daughter would be inconsolable your father's gone it's, it's been awful. a couple of years the yeah. mother's obviously not handling it well uh you're packing your car to go to school yeah like she's moving she, her life forward which is also probably pretty painful for the mother knowing she's gonna be by herself in that house right, right? like it was a very obviously it's selfish as fuck yes okay? but she's mentally ill but this daughter was not come on well so there's Some things that we're going to talk about with this college piece. All right. So some people think that this was all Jane Peters. Others do believe that it was a suicide pact. And one one friend of Peters, a Kathy Rosenthal, believed that Corinne was depressed and that she was, quote, the driving force behind the act. But a Psychology Today article makes a good point, noting that Corinne seemed happy and excited to go to college. Like when they looked at her social media and talked to her friends and all of that, like... They didn't see that. Again, all of And the, police completely disagree because of how she was found. Exactly. And all the social media, everybody knows social media is an act. Yes. Most people push it up like, we're all happy. Next thing you know, you know, yes. there's the family splitting up or whatever. Yes. But I can't imagine a 19, these kids today, they put everything out on that fucking social media, you know? Some, she's in pain. Do, Don't you yeah. think she would have been saying something? I don't know. I just read this book. Um... It was really, really good and really sad. And it was called Why Maddie Ran. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, it's about the suicide of, it's a 19-year-old girl, mm-hmm. um, incredible athlete. Mm-hmm. She goes away to college and it's just not working. She's in the Ivy League yeah. and it's not working. She's trying to tell people in her life it's not working. But when you look at her social media, mm. it's all sunshine and rainbows. And she like, she literally went to the top of a building mm. and just ran. 
oh and jumped God. off. Jesus. I mean, and it, it it's so sad, but it's really interesting because it talks about social media and the impact on young minds mm-hmm. because they're looking at other people's lives that do look perfect right. and they're comparing it to themselves. Right. And they're also living in this world where that's all they know. Right. They are immersed in technology from the moment that they're born. They're mm. not forging real relationships. Like when we were kids and we were outside yes. and you're like arguing and fighting and playing and Running whatnot. Around, yeah. But when you're online and you're just kind of sending a tweet or, or, or responding to a message, it's not the same. They did like a study of like the dopamine, like, yeah. and the reaction yeah. isn't the same. But when someone makes a phone call, those dopamine levels, like you make the emotional connection mm-hmm. and it's not the same from just texting. Right. And so it was really interesting to like the study that they did of like, why did she do this? And they looked, you know, it's a very good book. It's very good book. It sounds like it. So um, Psychology Today reported that former uh, Koppel mayor Doug Stover said, quote, knowing how much she wanted to protect her from the embarrassment, shame and humiliation of their financial ruin allows those of us who knew her to understand why she took Corinne with Mm. her. Yeah. That she maybe didn't want her daughter to Absolutely. suffer this whole thing. And police say they weren't really clear on the motive, but they do think that she may have been mourning the loss of her husband, the combination with the financial. I mean, I mean, I think that that's what it had to be. The gun that Peters used was actually given to her by the mayor of another oh God. area of Cedar Hill, Rob Frank, who let her borrow it because she told him she wanted to get a concealed weapons permit. Oh. He also gave her ammunition. Oh God, this poor man, this poor man. And they found the ammo hidden under her bed. One friend, uh, Doug Stover reported to CNN that Peters was a very anti-gun person. And ABC eight reported that Frank also went to the shooting range with Peters to practice. And he ends up calling the police to say, Hey, yeah, she had my gun. She had, uh, you know, when he heard about this, like he felt, of course, awful. Could you imagine? I can't even imagine. No. So this ended up being like, I guess a point of contention in the community that flags were flown half staff for her. A city spokesperson said it was to recognize quote that our head of state has passed. You know, what are your thoughts? Some people were like, this is a person who killed her daughter and herself. Why are we honoring her with a a flag at half staff? And other people are like, yes, but she was going through something. She was still, we're not recognizing it in terms of what she did, but we're just recognizing her as someone who has served the city. What do you think? Yeah, no, half staff. Half staff, Absolutely. Yeah. They fucking lowered flags in the state of Florida for Rush Limbaugh. I know. No, we're putting it at half staff. This woman had a lot of issues. If anything else you can accuse her of, she's human. Yes. And and as humans, we we are not machines. We don't know how to handle things and we get overwhelmed. And And that she didn't have someone to turn to. No, and and even another friend... Another friend even gave her like $6,000 because she was like talking to her at lunch and she's like, let me just help you out a little bit. Like, you know. Yes. And she's trying to also keep up this lifestyle. They're living in this huge fancy no. house. Sell the house, Sell bitch. the house. Sell, Sell the, the house. house. Go in an apartment. Like yeah. tell your daughter, like, look, this sucks. This is the problem. Like yeah. with our, our healthcare system. Yes. But this is what we have to do. You're going to go to college and you're going to make your way out. It's, it's going to be okay. It's all part of the human experience. <sighs> it's just the struggle and there's struggles that exist because she's living in this fucking yeah. country. But you know, I, I mean, I've always worked hard my whole entire life to be able to keep a roof over my head, single, married, right. whatever. I've always fucking been able to take care of myself because I work hard. Not that she wasn't doing that, right. but I know there's places I can turn. If I needed to borrow money from right. my employer, I could say, yo, 
like I need help. And yes. I know that they would be there for me. Yes. I could turn to my parents, although I'd really hate to do that because they're on a fixed budget. Yes. But be like, hey, I need help. I have friends around me and yes. say, I'm struggling. I need help. You know, money should never be an, a, a, an issue. But if you have like this lifestyle, it, yes. not she, you know, but you're living in this big house this, or whatever your thing is. is and like, this whole community where yeah. it's all about like what you look like and where you go yeah, and what you do. But you have do. to be willing to let those things you go. You have to say like that she doesn't matter. She could sell matter. that house and sell, pay those fucking bills. Yes. And yeah, you're in a smaller place, but fuck it, bitch. Who you're cares? alive and you're going to fucking survive yes. and your daughter's you going to be fine. So some points of interest. Before she shot herself, she put two fentanyl patches on her back. Hmm. But the Dallas Morning Times reported that the optoth autopsy didn't show signs of fentanyl in her system so maybe it didn't absorb like if she shot herself it's just like i guess like as a really strong pain medicine so Hmm. maybe to sort of numb herself to this or like oh my god i don't know they did find evidence of other pain medication in her system so Mm. maybe she just took it to kind of be able to do this thing wow and then this part of the story is interesting to me so corinne was supposed to go to the university of texas and she posted about it complained to friends about having to miss orientation because her mom was getting checked for cancer, which she didn't have, by the way. Like the mother, I guess, Uh, told her, oh, I have to get checked, this uh, and that, and she missed orientation. But after her death, the university said there was no record of Corinne applying. What? So either she lied or her mom lied and said she sent in the application. CBS News reported that her friend Aaron Barlow had this to say about Corinne. Quote, In general, she's one of the most gullible people I've met. That's what makes her her. And I can see how it wouldn't be all that hard to make her believe something that she wanted to believe so bad. But as someone familiar with the college application process, schools contact students to give them information prior to enrolling. They send you like the congratulations email, the, the video um, and there's like this, this, there's different systems. One of them is like called Naviance where that's where you apply to all your schools and you see what has been withdrawn, what okay. has been deferred, what has been like, it's all in the system. So she would have access to that system. It wouldn't just be her mom, you know, yeah, but she's packing the car and up. she's packing the car. Come on, dude. So I don't know. Like if her mom just like fully was like, I'll take care of it. Yes. You got in. That is so fucking it's, insane. It's, and there was another school that she had gotten into first. And then she was like, oh, now I got into University of Texas. And like, yay, I'm going. Fucking and weird. It's very strange. So in the end, the city attorney reported that Peters uh, charged about $6,300 on city cards. And it, it just doesn't seem worth it. Wow. $6,000. I know. and but, but in the grand scheme of things, she's got all this other debt. Yeah. 6,000 might not seem like a lot, but on top of like hundreds of thousand dollars, maybe or something. She needed to talk to someone and say, what can I do? How do I sell this house? Where can I, you know, figure it out? You know, also the embarrassment of having to be like, I'm caught. I've got to step down from this thing. That's all over the papers too. Yeah. God damn it. A Psychology Today article by Cheryl Paradis uh, explored the story and tried to analyze what may have prompted this from Jane. And she notes that a parent killing an adult child is a very, very rare occurrence. Mm. She notes that typically if these things happen, they tend to be the result of like a severe postpartum depression Mm. or when a young mom kills like a newborn. You know, we hear those stories, but rarely do we see what happened in this case, like uh, that she would kill a teenage, you know, almost adult child. And they further posited that perhaps she killed her daughter. So she wouldn't find out that she wasn't going to college. Like maybe she's oh. like, imagine she driving yeah, well, down she, to, to Texas and then it's like 
she's not yes, in school because at Tina, all six weeks with that car yeah she put her she she didn't let her she go was wearing the t-shirt and she didn't let her go to orientation yeah which is a whole other fucking yeah, thing because she was like i have off. cancer yeah putting yeah. it off putting it off but now the fucking morning she's gonna leave that's when it happens that fucking girl thought she got in come on i know no way it's, it's terrible and then an anonymous donor gave ten thousand dollars to cover the peters's uh, credit card charges for the city Oh, my God. And that's the story of the murder-suicide of Corinne Peters and Mayor Jane Peters from Koppel, Texas. Oh, Tina. I know. It's a terrible story. But I just, I don't know. There was something, like, just interesting about it to me about what drove her to do this and how oh, she was. it's incredibly fascinating. You know? But, yeah. And then I, so then I read that book because I had got yeah. it a while ago and I, it was sitting on my shelf. And I was like, let me read this. And it, it just was interesting how it just talked about what happens with young people, but mm. this is an older woman that did it, but, but still. And so then I decided to kind of trim my social media consumption. Oh, And so I'm like giving myself like 30 minutes, 40 minutes a day. You know, I can post stuff. I can do like quick scrolling through stuff. And then oh. I'm gonna, you know, cause I found myself like, just like, you know, looking and reading and looking and reading. And then I'm like, oh shit, like an hour has gone by or, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like you yeah. just kind of get sucked in. So I've read four books. I'm on my fourth book this week. Dang, bitch. And I'm like, I'm just gonna, you know, go back to reading a lot, writing and to, you know, working on the podcast and things where like, I'm not just consumed with the social media and yeah. just like put a couple posts up and then that's enough. So yeah. still use it, but not like, feel like tethered to it yeah you know and yes. try to like i don't know do something different with my brain <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a good idea <laughs> sounds like a good idea so that's the, kind of what i got out of like all of this like yeah. after reading that book of of just the that you think that you're connecting to people but it's better to like make the phone call or stop and have a cup of coffee and like do things to really connect with the people that you love rather oh, than it just it being yes. through like this platform yeah so like that's my goal this summer because I have time because I'm off to yes. like reconnect with people and like, you know, see people in person. I love it. Now that we're vaccinated. Vaccinated. Yes. I saw a shirt yesterday that said waxed and vaxed. I was like, <laughs> he's ready. Oh my God. Um, I did want to give you another update. Oh. Um, oh. So my son's report card came out <gasps> and I know I talked about it on here about, yes. how, about his getting his Nintendo Switch. And he did end up getting a C in reading. Oh. But they do this thing where they they list all four quarters on the report card. Yes. And then it has a final grade. It's like the average. Yes. So when it averaged out, his he final grade B. was a B. Well, okay. You then know? that's fair. So that's fair. like all A's and two B's for the entire year. Wow. That's fucking amazing. That's very good. So uh, my husband was like, well, let's see when the report card comes. So the report card comes. Um, and I'm, I see it first and I'm like, all right, I got to help this fucking kid, right? Yeah. I got to work this, you know? So I had all kinds of angles. And so he came home from, where did they went away for the weekend. Did they? I yeah, they, they went away for the weekend. Yeah, I remember they came back and he's like, did you get my report card? I go, Aww. yeah, I did get your report card. I'm going to talk to daddy. So I said to my husband, like, listen, he's young. Like he's the youngest in his class. He turns, his birthday's right before the, right at the end of the cutoff. So right. I'm like, listen, he's the youngest kid in the class. He's it was doing a well. new school. It was harder academically. He fucking pulled it out. Like, yeah. I mean, yes, did he fuck up with these? That book, Hoot, is what fucked him. 
I love yeah. you. He loved the book too, except when he went to go take these quizzes, he was like, I don't know what happened, but he blew it on like oh. four quizzes at the end of the, fuck, I don't know. So, and he loves I, to I read. Just, I just he will, feel like. He picked that book Holes. So, you know that book Holes? Yes. He took that off the shelf and he goes, I'm going to go read this. And I was like. Great book. How come. Yeah. He loves to read. That's why it was shocking that this had happened. And I was like, how come you pull this book off the shelf and you're happy to read it. But when Hoot comes along yes. for school, you have nowhere to be found. Well, and Hoot is good. But I am not a fan. I don't know what kind of quizzes they were. But I am not a fan of these sort of gotcha quizzes. Yeah. Uh, I never give my students quizzes oh, no. that are he like. Oh, no. He knew it was coming. He blew no, it. No, but, I, kid, but he, I'm not a fan of quizzes that are like, what color shirt was Johnny wearing when he entered? Or yeah. like these little details yeah I, I think it's more important to talk to kids to get them to think more critically about ideas present mm. in a book yeah because then like that's something that they can express in some way and some kids might express it better than others depending yeah. on their skill level but just kind of asking these random you remember those yes. you know yes. you know she walked in the room and who was there with her like to me it's like are, are we just trying to like trap kids into remembering every single detail right. or do we want them to talk about the ideas and the themes and what an author is doing yeah so yeah i don't know what the i don't know what the quizzes look like so i'm gonna say well balderdash yeah on oh those quizzes. my <laughs> god with the balderdash again with the balderdash. the balderdash anyway so he ended up getting the nintendo switch good for him so he's very excited about that Aww. that's all i hear about now well my son is not happy because you know he struggles with the dyslexia and mm. he you know he has been really he loves like books though mm-hmm. even though he struggles to read them mm-hmm. but he's been doing Farside and Kelvin and Hobbes oh my god and the he best. loves Kelvin and Hobbes oh, yeah. and my sister-in-law for his birthday got him uh Yolanda hey girl hey got him uh a couple of Kelvin and Hobbes um, like the thick books yes. and every night that's all he's doing and then he'll come out and he's like do you see what's happening here and he thinks it's <laughs> hilarious and now he's starting to like do his own comics we got him a blank Love book it. yes just to get him yes you know engaged but he starts the summer school sort of that filling in the gap love it and my older son doesn't have to do it but oh, well, he does and listen, that's how life is sometimes you know i'm like you'll get through it's gonna be we'll do fun things after when you come home it's only till like 12 yeah so i'm like you have the whole day still it's not like the end yeah. of the world he'll, he'll be fine yes get through it and live his best summer life yes oh my god all right hey i missed you I missed you too, and I'm so happy to see you. I'm glad you're feeling better. I, I just, uh, I don't like when you're ill that way. Oh, it makes God. me fucking insane. I am learning, my, my husband, you know, I think I said it to you. He was like, your body has been through trauma. Mm. And he's like, it hasn't even been a year. He's like, it's been. Like months. It's been months. It's and he's up. like, and you need to understand that your body's recalibrating. Yeah. Things aren't going to work the same. You yeah. cannot like fall down into this depression. I mean, I was like so depressed. Tina, I, I know, I know. So depressed. But and, also, and I said, okay, I gotta, I gotta get out of this and I gotta say, you know what? Like, let me get to October, a full year. And if mm. other things happen in between then, then it's just my body. I'm, I'm really just like, okay, we're recalibrating and that's okay. Yeah. But and you it, said it something took, to me while you were going through it. You said, I just want to feel normal again. I just want it, to, it's a reminder, you know, you got through it in a, in a way it was, it was a lot. It was trauma, Yeah. but you were, you were also blessed to not have to do chemo or radiation, Thank God. Um, which would have been like dragging this out. Yes. But this was a reminder that, you know, cause you just want 
you just want to move on. I'm ready. Like, I just want to forget that this thing happened. And unfortunately for years, you're going to be reminded that this was a thing that happened and that you survived it first of all. And like, which is incredible. This is the first time TMI everybody. Yeah. But like the first time that my chest mm-hmm. feels where I'm not in pain when I move my arm or mm. I, or I stretch or I reach for like yeah. something where, and the other day I was like, oh my God, wait, I'm not feeling pain. Yeah. It's still, I still have some pain, but not like it was. So that was like a big thing where I was like, oh, I can kind of like, like lay on my side. Yeah. And feel normal. And feel normal when I sleep. Like, Jesus so, Christ recalibrating and I'm like, it's okay. I'm going to drink my water. Yeah. And, uh, well, I have to say that, um, (laughs) I, I, I posted something like this on my Instagram, but when I was at the Ted Deutsch thing, uh, there was a bartender, this young, very beautiful girl and she had tattoos on her arms and, um, she had one on the back of her arm and it was a woman, um, just like these lines and it was, she was holding her breasts Mm. and, um, she had like her closed eyes and a smile on her face, but she had her hands over her breasts and I said, what is that? What is that for? It had like a little heart, like a red Aww. heart on it. And uh, she said, well, it's, I got that from my, for my friend who um, had breast cancer Aww. and she had to have her breast removed and it was a whole thing and she didn't have to have radiation and chemo and she had, you know, okay. now she has n- new, new boobs and, yes. <laughs> and she's like, so I got it in honor of her surviving and she's been through so much and. I said, fuck, one of my best friends just said the same <laughs> fucking thing. And it made me start to cry Aww. that this woman was like honoring her friend and um, just like the the bond that women have together yes. and the friendships. And um, that's one thing when we were at Pride yesterday yeah. and I was looking around and like, there's you and there's Kate and there's Sarah and Emma and like all of these women yeah. like that we've learned and have met and yeah. have just develop relationships with it's incredible really i and robin you know robin raymond and nancy fry and like uh gracia like i just was like i love all of these women like and they're all like wonderful in their own unique ways and everyone is about supporting each other and it it made me so happy like i was like i love that like it just feels like family like normal like comfortable and it was it's just such a great feeling. What a blessing that this being involved with Women's March the way that we were and yes. the doors that opened for us and the, and the people that we've yes. met. It's been in fucking, in fucking incredible. It's amazing. And it changed my life forever. Me too. I mean, in ways that I never expected. Me too. Where I found a voice I never really understood was important or necessary or, it's, you know. It's, it's amazing. And I love it. Like, it makes me yeah. so happy. But anyway, back to you. No. Uh, <laughs> yes. uh, I've never known anyone who had to go through what you went through and to be so close to you and watch you, uh, survive it and Aww. get through it is incredible because I'm so fucking dark and like pessimistic all the time. I find, I don't find hope in a lot of places and, um, oh my God, the way that you, the cry. way that you have gotten through this and survived it and, stayed so positive is so fucking it's so um inspirational tina it oh, really really I feel is like sometimes i'm like i know but that, and i know <laughs> i know that in another place at home when you're by yourself you're probably like god damn it what the yeah. why the fuck did i have to go through this right why me i, I do have a kids, lot of the why a lot know? of the whys yeah like why the fuck but god yeah. on the outside you're really projecting this amazing <laughs> like strong like strength that i didn't I didn't even realize people 
I, I, it's just incredible. Thank you. So to see you have to like go through this residual, like these things that are happening afterwards, I know it fucking sucks, but yeah, you got through the major part yes. of it in one piece. Oh, thank God. And you've got new boobs, which and is incredible. I, got, I did get new boobs. Yes. Yeah. I mean, all of us are so jealous. That's the, it's so weird sometimes. Like I'm in the shower and I'm like, hey, boobs. these things. Hey, girls. <laughs> yeah. I need a lift. I take my bra off. I'm like, hell, what the fuck just happened? Oh my God. This is the last thing. I have to share this with you. I'll send you the video. But Cindy Polo sent me this video of um, this woman is like, it, it was a TikTok. And it was this woman going, hey, ladies, tell me the one thing you hate to wear. And it cuts this woman going, titties <laughs> she's like i'm out here at the park with my kids she said if you lift up my titties right now two two gallons of sweat and a chicken nugget's gonna fall out i was like fucking dying that she's is like, the best you know what else take my uterus too. take that bitch oh, she goes once please, she take goes it. i've take never it. done anything to this bitch and once in a while, she's so angry she's so angry take it get it the fuck out of here oh, oh my god. god tina i was fucking dying i that was like hilarious yes. take the tits take the uterus we're good. Oh, the uterus. Yeah, take it. So she's so pissed and all the And take the bladder while you're at it. Yeah, I don't need it. <sighs> Just take everything. <laughs> Let me float in the pool. Float away. Oh, my that'll God. That'll be it. Girl, all right. All right. I love you. Oh, my God. Bye. I love you, too. What an episode. <laughs> all right. Um, bye. Bye. If you want to see any photos or take a deeper dive into our stories, please follow the episode notes on our website, themuckpodcast.fireside.fm. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Muck Podcast. To support The Muck Podcast, please visit our Patreon page. We have three levels of support and different goodies for each level. Muckraker, Policy Wonk, or Bleeding Heart. We can't do it without you. Music for The Muck Podcast, written and performed by Sean Doherty.